Hi, I'm John Wallace, and this is the next chapter. Today I'm with Dr. Kim Denu, uh, just wrapping up and completing her assignment as Vice President and Chief Diversity Officer here at Azusa Pacific. But Kim, you've been here a while. How, how many years and what have been some of the roles you've had? Wow, yes, thank you for having me. Um, yeah, John, I've been here 21 years and have had a plethora of positions. APU has grown me up and offered me some amazing opportunities to lead and serve. And uh, so started off as full-time faculty and then transitioned into administrative roles from vice provost to special advisor to the president to uh, chief diversity officer. So it's been amazing, a journey. And uh, and you are now abandoning us. <laughs> we 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 remain in mourning. No, no. Uh, seriously, we we have seen God work in your life in pretty remarkable mm -hmm. ways, and and you have received a second Fulbright, which mm -hmm. in itself is kind of rare. Uh, the first one was to South Africa. Yes. And this one is to Ethiopia. And yes. And what do you hope to do? What's what's your plan? Well, this is amazing gift for several reasons. Um, as you know, my husband is from Ethiopia, and so um, over the years uh, during our marriage, I've always had this silent prayer kind of in the back of my mind, how might I be able to give back or contribute in mm -hmm. some way to serve this country, this great country? Uh, Ethiopia has slightly over 100 million people wow. with 80 different ethnic groups, over 200 dialects. Um, but it is still considered, even though it's uh, one of the fastest growing economies, it's still one of the poorest countries in the world. And so with that, uh, being a young nation, meaning that the majority of the country are under 25 mm. in age, um, how might we be able to serve? So this Fulbright really is a chance to go back uh, to the land, as some call Abyssinia, uh, to serve mm. and to, uh, to be God's hands and feet uh, in that country. Well, because I know you, I know that this really fits with um, with a deep theme of your heart that I think God has planted, which is to mend broken relationships or to mend uh, the things that we have broken. I think some of your most significant contribution at APU has been to speak into the nature of uh, brokenness, even as we uh, prepare our students to be disciples and scholars. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna, uh, you know, I, I, I love listening to you when you speak to our community. Mm. And I can see how these uh, international experiences have affected you. But let's just talk a minute about your message to, to this community when we think about um, the importance of justice as mm. it relates to brokenness. You've spoken to us a number of times, mm -hmm. and you even balance this with a call of Jesus and justice. Mm -hmm. Just unpack that a little bit, would sure, you? Sure, sure. So I love um, the, the vibrancy and the life that our students bring to campus. And particularly millennials, they are so um, um, focused on justice, mm -hmm. you know, justice uh, by any means necessary. And I love their passion for that. Um, and then I look at how the church has often used language around, let's focus on Jesus, and um, to the exclusion sometimes it feels like of justice. 
But throughout Scripture, we see the marriage of both. You know, Jesus was a revolutionary. He, we see him speaking up for the marginalized and disenfranchised, uh, the least of these. He says, whatever you do to the least, you've mm -hmm. done it to me. And so really for, I think, that the model that we as Christians need to follow is that it's not either or, it's both and. It's Jesus and justice. You know, the world talks about justice but they want to detach it from Jesus. The church wants to have Jesus, but detach justice. We can, we can do both. We can love our neighbor as ourself and still preach the gospel. And so, so I, I think that is something that I'm seeing more of our students take up that mantle. Yeah, it's both and. And in order to serve this world, I'm gonna to have to bring both. I don't have to exclude my faith. Yeah. And, and of course, uh, this college campus, like many college campuses, uh, we bring students from lots of different walks of life, mm. different ethnicities, different theological backgrounds. Yeah. And sometimes this, the work that you and I are a part of, but particularly you and your team, uh, are when students look to find a place of justice in the community that they're a part of. Mm -hmm. And they may have come from a, uh, a, a season or a life or a, a an experience of not not feeling like justice came their ways, and and others who who have really lived a life where where they didn't have to think about justice, mm -hmm. and now their roommates or their mm -hmm. sweet mates or their classmates, mm -hmm. uh, and those good questions and conversations of tension kind of boil up, but you always unpack it for me as really great teachable moments, mm -hmm. moments for the community to understand a little better what it means to live in a in a world that is uh, yet in need of full redemption, full mm -hmm. healing. So talk a little bit about how you think about this community at a point of tension or friction over Jesus and justice. So a common greeting that we give here, you've used it, I've used it, uh, many in our community, is Sabona. And that is a, a Zulu greeting um, from South Africa, meaning um, I see you. It's, uh, you know, common would just say hello, but it actually translates to I see you. And why is that so important as we're talking about Jesus and justice is because at the end of the day, people really just want to know, uh, as Oprah said years ago at the end of her talk show, do you see me, do you hear me, and do I matter? Hmm. Not that we agree, but do you at least see me? Do, do, am I visible to you? Because no one wants to be invisible. Do you hear me? Um, you know, what I'm saying, does it make sense? You know, we talk about active listening. So repeat what I just said. <laughs> Let me know that you heard what I say. And do, uh, do I matter, basically? If we can embrace that where we see here and, and let everyone know that you matter here at Azusa Pacific University, regardless of whether or not we reach a point where we totally agree, that's okay. At least then I feel respected. And uh, when people feel respected, they generally feel loved. And that's our goal. That's the goal uh, as we reach out as uh, Christ followers, is to make sure that people feel loved and valued. So. So you and I have talked about this sense that we have of the uh, acrimony, the division in, in our country, in our culture, in our churches, right? And, and we have seen on this campus uh, this learning, this, 
this uh, growing up, this maturing of college students to see their neighbor, mm -hmm. whether they agree or not. So just project that a little. Tell me what you would hope an APU alum would look like if mm. they lived next door to you. What wow. would you want to see in your neighbor? Wow, that's a great question. Uh, first of all, I would love for them to offer free babysitting because, you know, <laughs> with my three kids, you know, we always need child, uh, child care. Um, but seriously, um, I think um, for me, the best neighbor would be a neighbor who is thoughtful, hmm. um, who uh, is a critical thinker, um, um, who doesn't just go by what I say is truth, but they dig into it. I mean, that's what the academy is all about, um, to dig and to search but to ultimately be able to stand on a sure foundation of who they are as a Christ follower. You know, my husband and I have the gift of living in a community of uh, where all of our neighbors come from diverse backgrounds. Mm. Literally, uh, we call it the little UN uh, because we have neighbors who are from Taiwan, some who are from Japan, some who are from Mexico, uh, another neighbor, uh, uh, interracial couple, uh, international, um, uh, intercultural couple, et cetera, et cetera. It's just very diverse. And what that uh, lends itself is for us to think and see the world differently. Um, something that I love to do, you know it, I'm always looking for an opportunity excuse to travel. I love traveling. Uh, I know traveling you do. Gives me, <laughs> it gives me air, <laughs> it gives me oxygen. But part of that is, um, what's the balance between what I call clomestic diversity? Um, in other words, it's both clomestic, seeing the world internationally, but also domestic. Hmm. Because for Christians, you know, so often it's easier for us to focus on missions. Um, because it's a little more exotic. We want to go to that exotic nation and to see what this group of people eat and their language. But sometimes it's less quote-unquote sexy to um, be kind to my neighbor who lives ne next door who may speak a different language, mm. who um, may come from a different socioeconomic background, a different education level. Christ calls us to both and. You know, it's not just going, um, you know, 5,000 miles away and serving a group over there if I uh, exclude my neighbor right next door, 10 feet away. And so, uh, really, I want uh, neighbors who, who get that, who are clomestically minded. They care about what's happening in Ethiopia, but they also care about what's happening in South Central LA. Um, so that's the kind of uh, um, graduates that I believe APU is graduating, people who see both in, who care deeply about the things of the world, but it starts with their own local community. Mm -hmm.